Hello and welcome to the Pageant Buzz podcast. You are here with your hosts, Kristen and Rebecca. This is a podcast where we talk about glam, glitz, and what life is really like with a crown. This is a podcast for those girls who have inhaled more hairspray than they have oxygen. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Pageant Buzz podcast. You are here with your host, Rebecca and Kristen, and we have a very special guest today, Adrian Robbins, my sister, who has such a wealth of media knowledge. She is the communication directors at SPP in Columbus, and we are so excited to ask you all the media and branding questions. So thank you so much for coming on today, Adrian. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited. I will say you may be a little biased because you're my sister, but I am really excited to be here. Well, I'm not biased. I'm not related to you. And I'm also so thrilled to have you. There are so many great things that I think you can give not only title holders and contestants, but people in general, because pretty much everyone has social media or a media presence of some type, whether they know it or not. So I love this conversation. I'm very excited. Yeah, yes. I think it's it's going to be fun. Um, a little more about my background. So like Kristen said, I'm the Director of Communications at Strategic Public Partners in Columbus. Um, so I work on media relations. I do journalism, brand representation, public speaking. Um, for We have a wide range of clients from individuals to corporations, um, alliances, coalitions. Um, and then I previously was in TV news for six years. So it's been a roller coaster. We have that in common. I have a journalism degree and I worked at a news station for um, a year and a half. So we have that in common. That will have to be a whole nother episode. Yes. <laughs> Going into those <laughs> stories. Yeah. Rebecca, you and Adrian would probably have a lot of like those fun stories to share when you're first starting out because I know when she was in Duluth, Minnesota in a really small uh, what do you call it? In market. Yes. Um, <laughs> she told me about this man bringing his wolves to the station he just wanted to show them off (laughs) yeah you get the most interesting viewers some of the most dedicated and really fun people um like you'll get fun little letters and gifts but then you get some people who uh maybe a little too dedicated to the local news but it's an interesting experience no matter what well I will say that actually happens as a title holder as well you do have people who really get attached to you and feel like they know you from social media and and they will send you lots of messages and lots of questions and so can you maybe give us just a really high level of like how to balance that line of being public and also keeping privacy yeah I mean it's so hard um especially when you're in a uh when you're almost like a public figure, which you are when you're a title holder. Obviously, like you said, people get to know you. They think that they know you. Um, and that can happen really easily on social media, which is great. It's part of the power of social media, obviously, is we get to know all of these diverse ranges of people. Um, you kind of see the in-depth part of their lives, see what they're doing and everything. But it's also kind of weird, you know, that you are getting to know these people. They know your family. They know your kids' names. Um, and there is a line where you want to keep certain parts of your life private, obviously. Um, so I know that's something I struggled with with TV news is I always kind of worried about posting my nieces and my nephew and, and what is too much to share out in the world. And I think 
each individual kind of has to make that decision on where they feel comfortable drawing that line, but it is really hard. Yeah, I I know even with me and my kids, I know for my personal, my super, super personal Instagram that I had before that I really don't even use now, I would post the kids like every day. And yeah. now I do post a lot more Mrs. Ohio type stuff or fun- I'll post some funny things or something that has to do with my platform. And I do post about the kids, but I'm not posting like the cute little um, showing my baby's butt hanging out. Right. Because I'm like, I just don't know who's out there. Right. Yeah. And you, you, you don't. And, but I think that also as you start to build your brand and both of you ladies have done this and done such a good job at it. But I think, like you said, that was your super personal profile. Once you started your Mrs. Ohio profile, um, you kind of start to fine tune those posts that you make. And that's something we work on with our clients quite a bit is, okay, what is the brand? What is the personality that you want to put out there on social media? Obviously, you want to be yourself. That's what got you your title in the first place. That's what people like is, you know, Kristen Houchin. Um, But there is that line you want to draw. And also, you know, for those people who follow you, they follow you for a reason. They follow you because, you know, you post your cooking recipes, you post things about about the pageants. And so you want to kind of stay on brand in that way with those posts, because that's what people are there for. Um, If you're all over the place, it's kind of like, why am I following you? Maybe I have no interest in X, Y, and Z. I don't follow you for those things. So you want to kind of like curtail your post to fit a certain kind of brand. Um, We always talk about there's three buckets. You pick your three buckets. Maybe it's family, cooking, and work. Maybe it's family, cooking, pageants, whatever it may be, working out, cooking, pageants. And if it doesn't fit in those three buckets, don't post it. That's kind of our advice to people. Um, And it does help you kind of curate the brand that you want to put out there. I have a quick question um, along those lines. And I absolutely Mm -hmm. love that with the three kind of topics. I had a lot of clients ask if they need to set up a separate Instagram once they do have a title, whether it's a local title, a regional title, whatever it is. Do you think you should rebrand your own personal Instagram, Facebook, whatever it is, TikTok, or should you start a brand new altogether when you do have a title? So that's a hard question. I would say it's up to the individual because what it is, is that starting a brand new social media page is not easy. Um, It's really hard to build a social media page, even if you are a title holder, even if you do have, um, if you're a public figure, it's really difficult to convince people to follow, you know, because I don't know about you guys. I don't follow everybody. Um, I like my timeline to look a certain way. I like my timeline to be people that I know that I'm going to be interested in. I don't want to scroll through people who it's like, oh, I followed this person one time. I've never met them. So you really want to be able to show when someone comes to your page that they're going to get something out of that. And a lot of that can come from posting often. Um, And unfortunately, when you're just starting out, it can be really hard to come up with all that content. That all being said... If you don't want to, social media obviously has two reasons for it. One, keeping up with family and friends. And another one is this kind of brand recognition. Um, If you want to keep your personal profile personal, 
that's totally okay. You know, and that's for mom, that's for your sisters, that's for your cousins and, and your best friends from high school. That's totally fine. Um, for me personally, I knew myself that I was never going to post on two social media pages. So I just went back through, I deleted the post that I didn't fit that I didn't think fit my new brand. And I just made my Instagram, my professional Instagram as well. Um, so I think that's totally up to each individual person um, and something they just kind of have to think about. So if you're just starting out, let's say you're even, a, let's say a local title holder and you're, when you compete in a pageant, social media can be very important because Yes, but I I lost you. All I heard okay. was you say social media can be very important. Yes. Okay, yeah. I had a call come through on it and I had to kick it back out. Okay. So yeah, anyways, social media can be really important when you're competing in a pageant, especially as a local title holder, because judges will look. And if I mean, I know for me, and I know Rebecca does it too. Rebecca judges a ton of pageants and she looks on social media to see the contestants. And so you do want to have kind of something built, I guess, to fit not only who you are, so you're, re- you're memorable, but then you right. also want to have something that kind of is conducive with what that specific pageant is looking for. So like, anyways, I'm a local title holder. I'm going to go compete at Miss Ohio or Mrs. Ohio. How, where do I even begin with this? So that's interesting. Um, I think within this scope it's a really different than just trying to put a brand out there to obviously get followers or uh get noticed by certain people like you are going for a pageant and each pageant um from what i've learned is really looking for something different every time and so you almost have to make sure that you're fitting that scope i think overall you can never go wrong with Again, figuring out your brand. What do you bring to the table? What's different about you? Um, you know, and, and, and your personality. And I think figuring those things out, you know, so often we'll ask our clients, um, what are your hobbies? What do you like to do? And people blank. They'll go, uh, I like to hang out with my friends. And, and I think figuring out those certain questions of like, what do you like to do? What makes you different? And then kind of making that part of your brand and putting that out there so that when judges go on there, they feel like they're getting to know you. Um, And it's not just, oh, it's another picture of you, um, you know, in a nice outfit with no background. It's like, no, I want, I want to know, are you going out to dinner somewhere? Are you, are you cooking something at home? Are you working out? What workouts do you like to do? Um, I think, really trying to make your social media a place where people can come and get to know you and feel like they're getting something out of your posts uh, is really important. You know, what, yes, what are you giving them? You know, as a judge, I gravitate towards those contestants that I do feel like I know them. There's personal enough stuff. Not, we don't need to share every single detail of our lives, but I do feel like that one or two like unique quirky things that make them stand out to me. I distinctly remember looking at certain profiles where every photo was so curated and perfect that I felt like they were not a real person. And it was just a bunch of really heavily edited, maybe even professional photos and no personality at all. So it was very difficult coming in to 
feel like I knew anything about them. Then they walk in the interview room and they're personable and so awesome and fun. But I already had that first impression from their social media of very kind of aloof and elite almost feeling. And I did not have a connection already coming in. So it took probably two or three minutes into the interview before I started to see okay, this doesn't match up. These aren't like the same people. And how are they going to be a great title holder if their image doesn't match their personality? And that's, so that's so interesting because I think whether it's a judge looking at it or let's say um, someone who's going to be interviewing you for the news or even for a job or something, social media is so often your first impression. And we've always known first impressions are so important but now that first impression is happening on social media and so I think really remembering that is important that even these people who you may go and see in an event um, we talked before how people feel like they know you it's like yeah that first impression has already been made Mm -hmm. and I will say from another judging perspective think about that in terms of posting pictures where you're maybe doing activities that you wouldn't want your mom, the world, um, a a young child to see. That is something I talked a lot to contestants about is like, go through this as if you're a kindergarten teacher about to have you come to their class and your grandmother. Is everything you're posting something you would want them to see? If not, that's probably not appropriate for a contestant or a title holder. And speaking of that, Adrian, we want to ask you about doing some damage control because <laughs> even though we're title holders, and I know I like to remind you all the time that I, I say I'm queen of the state, um, I'm not perfect and neither is any what? other title. I, I Shocking. I know. So any other, and same with any other title holder. So let's say they make a mistake. They go on Instagram Live. They do an interview. They say something that either is completely taken out of context and comes off incredibly offensive, or they say something that just completely is them putting their foot in their mouth. And suddenly now they're like getting canceled or people are very upset with them. How do you come back from that as someone in the public eye to some extent? Yeah, you know, what she said, no one's perfect. And I think as we continue down this ever digital kind of world that we're in, where everything is recorded, everything has a picture, everyone has a phone, um, we're going to see more and more high profile people make mistakes that end up being public mistakes, um, instead of a mistake that was just made in private. Uh, I would tell you that one, I have to say with a lot of the questions you all are asking, I would say hire a PR firm. A lot of people hire us specifically for these situations or to build their brand. But um, as a side note, what I would say as just a person to person is I think people can be a lot more understanding than we assume. And I think people who own their mistakes explain what happened and what they're going to do to fix it. I think that can go a really long way with people. Um, Is just saying, hey, I recognize that I hurt someone by saying this. I messed up. I think that alone can go a long way. And then saying, you know, X, Y, and Z, this is what led me here. And then what are you going to do to fix it? How are you going to make people feel like this isn't you or that 
um, or that you've learned from your mistake. I think that's a big thing is taking those extra steps and taking responsibility for your actions is just tried and true will never serve you wrong in these situations. And taking it a step further, let's say I'm a director of a pageant and I have a disgruntled title holder. They are mad at me for whatever reason. They didn't place as high as they should have at the national competition, thought it was my fault, whatever, whatever the issue is. And they are going around telling everybody not to be in my pageant because they're upset about something. And so now it's not just something I'm doing. Somebody else is out there saying not so nice things and it's affecting my pageant. Is there anything that I could do as a director to help that situation? So my immediate thought goes to um, we'll get companies who come to us um, or organizations and they say we're getting a lot of a lot of negativity on social media. We're getting a lot of pushback. We're you know X Y and Z. You know how do we fix this? And how I always think of it is whether you are a political candidate. Um, an organization, a pageant, anything like that. There's always going to be a percent of people who are not going to be happy with you. You could say, here's a thousand dollars and they're going to find a reason why they don't like you and they're (laughs) never going to like you. And maybe it's one to 5%. It doesn't matter. They're not going to like you. And honestly, they may be loud about it. Um, A lot of times the small minority can be very, very loud. I think then there is a percentage of people who will always like you, you know, for whatever reason, they're always going to like you go. You need to go after the third percentage, those people who maybe are on the fence or maybe don't have an opinion because you don't want that loud minority to get in their ear about why this pageant is so bad and they shouldn't do it um, and sway them a different way. And I think one of the easiest ways to do that is to pump out the positivity. What positive things is your pageant or your organization doing? And really try to push that out there and show people the positive parts of you. Because then when they start to hear this negative from, you know, like a small minority, they don't necessarily immediately believe it. Um, Because they've had these other experiences with your pageant that tell them differently, that tell them it was actually a positive experience for these people. Oh, Mm -hmm. I love that advice and have seen that actually be so true in many situations where it's one or two people who try to stir up a lot of drama or things about something and no one really believes it because of what you said, because there's so much other positive um, out, yeah, you know, you buzz out there. Trust. Yes. So I love that advice. Thank you. That is excellent. And you brought this up earlier and I actually didn't realize that you like that your company actually helped with this. You brought up public speaking. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I want to talk to you about onstage question <laughs> and you, what, where were you? Do you not realize I just did a national pageant and you didn't give me any public speaking pointers at all. <laughs> Well, I thought you did great by yourself. You didn't need my help. Um, I wasn't but by yourself, she had me. But she I was going to say, <laughs> I was just going to say, you had plenty of people. I I knew my role as a cheerleader. I was there for for morale. <laughs> you have professionals coaching you in that realm. But yeah, so 
we do a lot of like media training and public speaking training with our clients um, before, you know, getting them prepped for an interview, uh, just these little kinds of things. So, so what do you do if you have someone, you have this, you have a CEO of a company and he is shaking like a leaf. He's super nervous. You already, he already kind of knows what he needs to say, but he's like, what if I forget what I'm going to say? Or someone that's a little panicked, how do you get them to a point where they feel more confident? I think one feeling confident is just over preparing a lot of times. Um, The more you prepare, the more you know what you're going to be talking about, you know the facts, um, and you know just the subject matter really well, you're going to automatically feel more confident. Um, I think overall for public speaking, one of the biggest tips someone once gave me, and this was for for live shots, um, is they said, so a lot of times when you're going to be on live TV, you have video that will go over you and you can start to read your script. When you're in a live breaking situation, that may not be the case. Um, You may be on camera that entire time. And so you have to kind of like talk that entire time. And so memorizing a script, a two minute script is just not feasible. It's not gonna happen. Um, And unfortunately for the people who try, they often find out that all it takes is getting off by one word or a sentence and then you're lost. It's like, where did I, where do I pick back up on the script and what happens? So I found what's easier is pick three things, pick three things that you really want to hit on. What are those three important things that you want to say when you get up there? Um, you know, maybe you're just introducing yourself. And so for me, I would say, I'm Adrian Robbins. I'm an aunt. Um, I'm a communications professional and I love to run. And maybe I want to go through and hit those three things. It doesn't really matter how I get to those different things. Um, Maybe I say, you know, I'm an aunt. I love my nieces and nephews. I like to run after them. But I also like to run in general. Um, And I run by myself and I'm going to be doing a half marathon come April. When you figure out those three things you really want to hit, then you have the freedom to kind of go off on a bit of a tangent if you want to. But you still know where you're going to come back to when it comes back to that bullet point. Kristen, she could be a pageant coach. I'm telling you, does that not just so remind that. you of the things that we talked about? I, I'm like sitting here thinking like, am I hearing a mini Rebecca right now? Because that's what would, what Rebecca would tell us, or at least tell me when she was coaching me for everything is picking, you know, the things that we don't want to leave without talking to the judges about. So no matter yeah. what question comes in, it doesn't matter if, it's like, what is your favorite color? Somehow blue is going to get around to Miss Dolly Parton. And the reason I love her, like, you know what I mean? Like some, yeah. like, just make sure you hit your points. Yeah. And and I, I agree tell- so much on that, not memorizing because you're so right. If we try to memorize an introduction or a final answer, we will forget that word and throw ourselves off and freeze instead of just kind of bullet pointing where we want to go with this, what our message is, and then letting our heart and brain take, like soul take over instead of the words. Yeah. And it doesn't sound natural then that way. Um, Instead of just talking to someone like you're having a conversation, which is what you're doing. Yes. Well, and those are always the best interviews where if it sounds more like a conversation and not that you're just standing there and somebody's asking you a question, you answer, and then nothing happens after that. 
Right. Okay, so Adrian, you have given us so much already in this episode, but before we wrap up this part one of our media 101, I do want to ask you one more question. Before you decide your brand, how important is it to identify what platforms of media that you're going to be using? Do you think that is important to kind of niche down to just TikTok or just Instagram? Or do you think you need to try to have a presence everywhere? I think you have to think about who's the audience that you're trying to get to. Um, So we have some corporations, companies, coalitions we work for, and they're very specifically going for the older generation. Um, The older generation many times lives on Facebook. Uh, They're not necessarily on Instagram a lot of times or or TikTok. Uh, If you're going towards more college students, Facebook may not be, you know, the the platform for you. You may want to go towards TikTok, uh, maybe Instagram. Um, So I think thinking about who your audience is. Luckily for us, social media is very easy to share content. Um, You know, a Facebook post can very quickly become a tweet. It can very quickly become an Instagram post as well. So I, I think really thinking about the audience that you want to reach will lead you to the right platforms that you need to be on. That's great. great advice. All right, Adrian. I want everyone to know, first of all, where they can find you because I do, you don't post enough. I love when you post. I know. I, I, I say all this about social media and I, I am someone who does not post very much on social media. Uh, it's your job you can't right like once you have it as your job it's not as fun I would imagine right like a chef you don't want to come home and make dinner (laughs) I have um me and my one colleague we always joke we have like six twitters on our on our phones at all times that we're posting on and I love posting for them uh I don't often post for myself but you can find me at twitter it's at a robbins r-o-b-b-i-n-s tv um I still have the TV in there because I'm afraid I'll lose my blue check mark if I change it. <laughs> uh, so, um, and then on Instagram, I don't even know what it, it may be a Robbins TV as well, but Adrian no, Robbins. No, what is it? It's Yo Adrian. Oh, is it still? I yes. can't remember if I had changed it. So it no, used to be Yo be Adrian. Em- be embarrassed. You're right. <laughs> Just okay. It. So it's Yo Adrian on Instagram, which my Twitter used to also be Yo Adrian. And when I got into news, they were like, no. And I was like, yeah, you're probably right. And so I changed it. Um, so I didn't know if I had changed my Instagram, but I guess I did not. So I kept on to that. You're right. So anyway, yeah, Adrian Robbins across the board. If you want to find me, would love to hear from people. Well, if you need and- content, I would just take a picture of your blue check if I were you. And I would just post that every day. <laughs> Verified and verified, just in case you forgot, I'm verified. I know. Well, when your sister is Mrs. Ohio, you got to have something going for you, right? Okay. All right. You're, you're right. Obviously, I'm more famous than you. She is. She is. Well, Adrian, right. I don't know if you're a Pageant Pod listener or Pageant Buzz Pod, but we end every episode with a question of the week, and we call it Chris's question of the week. I don't know if you know this, but they call me Chris Jenner because I'm like their momager. And so that's where that all came from. But the, every week we ask a question, and if you would like to answer it, feel free, or you can just use this if you're a listener to practice interview. But my question would be, 
If someone asked you randomly on the street, would you want to compete in a pageant? What would you say? This is a really tough one. I, I have a hard time with that. And I'll tell you why, because I normally would have said, absolutely not pageant life. Not for me. Um, but I will say watching my sister and not only just the success that she's had in pageants, but the fun she's had competing has been really inspiring and and it does make you want to go do it. Even if you thought pageants weren't for you before, um, watching Kristen go through it and just the fun she's been able to have, um, and the friends that she's been able to gain like Rebecca, like you, um, has been really awesome to see. And so I don't know if I'm quite a yes yet, but I'm not a no anymore. And I think that's progress. Okay. I'm excited to hear this because I've had you on my short list of people I'd love to see get on a stage someday. So maybe one day we can convince you to put a gown and a swimsuit on and get up on that stage and do the thing. Cause you've already got the public speaking. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much. And we so appreciate you being here. Kristen, do you have any other additional words? Oh, just that I would also love to see my sister on the Miss Ohio stage. I've been trying to convince her for um, a year. At, no, more than a year. Because I, always, I told her, I was like, it would be mom's dream come true to see you and me together on the Mrs. Ohio and the Miss Ohio stage. And she still wouldn't do it, even for our mom. (laughs) (laughs) I know, I know. So we'll see, we'll see. But thank you, Adrian, so much for coming on. I really hope that you'll come on again. Hopefully we didn't scare you away. And Mm -hmm. if you want to find us on Instagram, we are at the pageant buzz pod on Instagram. And you can listen to our podcast anywhere where you listen to podcasts. That's right. It's been fun, ladies. Thank you so much. And don't forget, girls, always, always sparkle. We are currently booking our next guest. So follow us on Instagram at pageantbuzzpod and send us a DM if you'd like to be a guest on our podcast.